Our scripture reading picks up in chapter 3 at verse 11. Eli has sent Samuel back to the temple to lie down and to wait to see if the voice comes again. Now God came and stood there calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. Then God said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something to Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears it tremble. In that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be expiated by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay there until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of God. Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. He said, here I am. Eli said, what was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me are all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. Then he said, it is God. Let God do what seems good to God. As Samuel grew, God was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was a trustworthy and prophet of God. Please pray with me. Loving God, as your word comes to us in song and sound, and silence and scripture help us to listen that we might be changed amen about a year ago al nelson got me thinking about sound design that's what al does professionally sound design is his craft and he is pretty brilliant there's an NPR interview where Al explains how sounds are an essential and integral part of storytelling. When we're telling a story, we want to immerse folks in an experience, not just the words, but the sounds and the sights and every manner of sensation. What was it like? What is it like to actually be there in the midst of the story? In that interview, Al describes how when his team gets a new project, when they start working on a new movie, they go out into the field to gather sounds. 
Whatever the story they are telling, whether it's an elevator sound for Toy Story 2 or the sounds of an aircraft carrier for Top Gun Maverick, they immerse themselves. They work to be fully present and to experience what's going on and then to collect the sounds that help to tell the story. Sounds, Al says, can convey intensity, danger, emotion. They can help describe and bring to life the relationships that are unfolding in the story. So this got me thinking. This got me thinking about the sound design of the sacred stories that we find in Scripture. These stories we turn to shared out of this ancient world as we look for a fresh word for today. How did these storytellers describe and convey the sounds of their world? And what might those sounds have to tell us about how and where they experienced God and maybe where they didn't? In this morning's scripture, the boy Samuel hears God calling, Samuel, Samuel, to which Samuel eventually responds, here I am. That's the part of the story we may know by heart. Here I am. But all around that, all around that, that scripture offers what I am going to call three critical sound moments. Let's enter into the story and spend some time there. This morning's scripture begins with a sound moment. As the scripture begins this morning, we hear that Eli and Samuel are living in a time where the word of God has become rare. The word of God, the word that spoke everything into being, the word that called the people out of Egypt, the word that guided the community through the wilderness, the word of God, that has always been there, has now become rare. What does that sound like? And maybe first, we should say that this is an in-between time in the Old Testament. Maybe we should set the context. The people have escaped from slavery. They've survived those 40 years in the wilderness. And after they cross the Jordan, they're trying to govern themselves. They're trying to pick leaders for themselves. And it doesn't go well. They keep picking lousy leaders. Basically, a series of tribal leaders rise up one after the other, and again and again, it's the same thing. The tribal leader, they are called judges, but that's a total misnomer. The new leader rises up, becomes corrupt, abuses power, and their world descends into violence and chaos. And then another judge, another tribal leader, rises up, becomes corrupt, abuses power, and their world descends into violence and chaos. That is the plot of the book of Judges. And as this story opens, it is the same old story, and this time it is Eli's sons who have risen to corrupt power again and again. All of this just drones on and on. In those days, the word of God had become rare, and visions were no more. What does that sound like? when the word of God becomes rare? Is it just silence? Does God just throw up their hands and say, I'm done? Is it silence? Or is it more like the sound that TV stations used to make when they went off the air at night? Do you remember that? 
does the world just eventually fade into the dull drone of a static hum? What does it sound like when it feels like the word of God has become rare? Is it silence? Or static? Or is it more like the sound of weeping? That soft weeping that comes in the night when we are alone with our sorrow, hoping, hoping to hear a word out of the silence from anyone? Or is it more intense? Is it more like Nina Simone's piercing lament when she sings that song, Strange Fruit, when she sings of people hanging from a lynching tree? Or I think about this week and I wonder, does it sound more like a shout? Does it sound like parents storming a legislative committee meeting because their children have been taken hostage and no one in power, not any power, seems to care? Or is it the sound of bombs? Bombs raining incessantly down upon neighborhoods, loudspeakers telling you to flee the place where you are already a refugee. Is it the sound of mortars and missiles? Or is it the sound of all creation groaning of superstorms and floodwaters and fire? What does it sound like in days when it feels like the word of God has become rare? For Eli and Samuel and their world, it must have involved the sounds of violence and mayhem. And yet we find them in the midst of all that, in the quiet of the temple, settling in for the night. Now maybe the temple is quiet because it's not used for much of anything anymore. Eli is the old priest. Samuel is a young boy training to be a priest. Eli goes to bed in his room and Samuel lies down near the ark and there's that beautiful image in this dimming world, scripture says, but the lamp of God had not yet gone out. In this world where the word of God had become rare and visions were no more, the lamp of God had not yet fully gone out. And Samuel hears a voice calling his name. Samuel. Samuel. Thinking it's Eli, who else could it be? Samuel jumps out of bed and pads across the stone floor to Eli's room. Eli, here I am. You called me. Eli shakes himself out of a restless sleep. No, Samuel, I didn't call. Go back and lie down. So Samuel goes back to his cot. And he lies down. And he hears the voice again. Eli, here I am. You called me. No, Samuel, I didn't call. Go back and lie down. The third time this happens, Eli, Eli gets what's going on and says to Samuel, Samuel, this just may be God. This may be the word that we don't hear that often anymore. Go back and if you hear that voice again, say, speak God, for your servant is listening. And Samuel goes back 
He's there now on his cot. He is tuned in. He is ready. And we come to the second sound moment. God appears to Samuel and says, Samuel, I am about to do something that will make both ears of everyone who hears it tingle. What on earth is that? In this world where the word of God has grown, where God is about to speak a word that will make both ears of everyone who hears it tingle. What might that sound like? Will it be a sonic boom? That's a very embodied image. The two ears of everyone who hears are going to be a tingling, set, a quivering, shaking, trembling. What sound brings a bodily reaction like that? It must be more than just fingernails on a blackboard, maybe more like the sound of an earthquake, the dishes clattering in the cabinet, the sound of buildings beginning to crumble. It's a word that will provoke a bodily response. Maybe that gut feeling that we, we get when we hear a word that calls us to account. Scott, that, that thing you're doing, it may be a little racist. Ouch. Or maybe it's more like the sound of our own, own voice saying something that is so unkind and we hear ourselves speaking it and we can't stop ourselves and our whole body clenches up with regret. A word that will set the two ears of everyone who hears it a tingling. It's a word, a sound that cries out for a response for an embodied change. In a world where the word of God has become rare, God says to Samuel, I'm about to set both ears of everyone who hears this a tingling. And then God says, time is up. The end has come for corrupt leaders who do violence to the people, and that includes Eli's sons. And later, Eli asks Samuel what God said. Eli makes him tell this ear-tingling word against Eli and his sons, and Samuel speaks that hard word out loud. Eli, God says that you and your sons are done. And Eli to his credit, says, it is God. May God do what seems good to God. And we come to the third sound moment. In those days where the word of God had become rare in the maelstrom of that word and in the quiet of this night, God says to Samuel, I'm about to speak a word that will make both ears of everyone who hears it tingle. Samuel takes that word in and speaks it out loud for himself. That word comes to life in him and look at what happens. The scripture says that words start to flow out of Samuel. Out of Samuel the boy now the prophet, and it says God doesn't let a single one of Samuel's words fall to the ground. In a world where it seemed like the springs of the word of God had dried up, the streams gushed forth, could that be like the sounds of rivers flowing into all the parched places, or the laughter of children playing on a spring day, or is it the quiet that comes when bombs cease and peace comes with justice at last? 
let's notice some things about the story and about these sound moments. In those days, the word of God had become rare. God speaks a word that sets the ears of everyone who hears it a tingling, and the word of God begins to flow with abundance out of Samuel so that not a word that he utters falls to the ground. Let's notice that in this story, the word of God has never really disappeared. The word of God is never not there. In fact, it's everywhere, all over this story. In this story, that phrase, the word of God, occurs 15 times in 20 verses. That's twice as many as any other term in today's scripture. As one writer says, it's as though in a story about the scarcity of the word of God, the word of God is literally lying about all over the place waiting for someone to hear. If we don't pay attention, we can't help but trip over it. The lamp of God has not yet gone out. It's not the word of God that changes over the course of this story. What changes, what vacillates over the course of this story is whether and the extent to which we are paying attention. And that's the invitation of this text. Pay attention, listen. Look, feel it in your bones, this life you are living now, this world we inhabit together. What is it like to be here, to be human in this moment, living this life with God? Pay attention. It is all too easy in a world of confounding chaos and struggle, in a violent, noisy world where wars rage and corrupt leaders never seem to go away. It can be all too easy to just turn the volume down or to just turn it off. Sometimes it can be easier to do that in our daily lives as well. Things are just too hard. But one of the most dangerous things we can do is to stop paying attention, to numb ourselves not only to the realities of the world, but to the possibilities that God is still and always at work calling us always, always to a better day. The scripture invites us to stop pretending that the word of God has become rare and to pay attention. That could start as simply as regularly taking a breath in the midst of this chaotic world and asking, what is really going on here? A basic mindfulness practice, not the chatter and the chaos, listen through that, but rather in this moment, what's really happening? What am I sensing? What am I hearing? What am I seeing and feeling in the people and the world around me? From there, maybe add at the end of the day, where did I feel near to God? Where did I feel far from God? The invitation of this scripture is to pay attention. Now, this means that we may feel things. We may feel more things, difficult things. Our two ears may start a tingling and our gut may clench and we may be changed. But we also may start feeling more fully alive.
more fully human. And notice that Samuel and Eli, they pay attention together. Eli, who has the most to lose when they listen with honest hearts for the word of God, and Samuel, who is learning how to listen, they need each other. It takes both the wisdom of experience and a fresh attentiveness in conversation and respect to start to hear again the word they thought had become rare. The word of God has always been there in this story. From the beginning when all was chaos, the Spirit of God hovers over the waters and speaks, speaks everything that is into being. The Word of God calls the people into community, calls them out into freedom, calls them as they wander through the desert. And when they find themselves in exile, the Word of God will come and call them back home. We continue that story when we speak of Jesus, the Word of God from the beginning who becomes flesh in us, full of grace and truth, saving us in the world from everything that does us harm. Last year, after I first heard that NPR interview with Al Nelson, I sat down and I watched Top Gun Maverick. It's a movie for which Al and his team had done the sound design. There were all those aircraft carrier sounds that Al had talked about, and I expected that it was, after all, Top Gun. But there was also this scene on a sailboat. And I've sailed before. I've always thought of it as a quiet experience. But with Al's words in mind, I listened and I could hear the sounds of sailing. Intense sounds of the boat cutting through the choppy waves and the sharp slap of the sail in the wind. And I thought, oh yeah, that's what that's like to be there. And then there were some scenes in Top Gun Maverick when things got real. And what I could hear when the talking stopped was breathing, just breathing. The invitation of this scripture is to pay attention, to listen and look and feel. And when we do that, when we do that, what we just might experience even more deeply is life. 